It's Wednesday, and that means Prospect Team of the Week, led by the hottest prospect in all of baseball, Jackson Holiday. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And those of you watching on YouTube, welcome. Enjoy the new graphics package. We got a glow up here on the show. We're really excited to have this new format, this new setup. So, Opening the prospect team of the week, he's been on it before. You've probably heard a lot about him if you pay attention to prospects in any any fashion whatsoever, but Jackson Holiday of the Baltimore Orioles is a man possessed right now. Uh, Number one overall pick last year out of high school, and he got promoted just right after two weeks in Loe Delmarva because it wasn't really a challenge for him. 392, 523, 667 slash line in Loe Delmarva over 13 games. He had two home runs, nine extra base hits. One of those was a triple with 14 walks to 12 strikeouts and was three of three on stolen bases. So the Orioles send Jackson Holiday to high A Aberdeen. And because they want to give him a challenge. They want to, to make things tougher on him and they want to see him struggle so he can learn and develop. He's not doing that in high A Aberdeen. He's not struggling. 21 games as of now. 395, 505, 724. Four home runs, 13 extra base hits. Four of those are triples. 17 walks to 15 strikeouts and 8 of 12 on stolen bases. Last week alone, and the reason he made the prospect team of the week, Jackson Holiday in the five games he plays, four starts at shortstop, one start at second base just to do some versatility with some other guys. Jackson Holiday goes 13-21, two home runs, three doubles, three triples, scores nine runs, has 14 RBIs, three walks to one strikeout, and two for three on stolen bases. Uh, Jackson Holiday is in no way, shape, or form deterred by low A, or by high A. And when I watch, the thing about Jackson Holiday is the swing decisions are pr- close to elite. Like, especially when you consider the fact that he is 19 years old with a grand total of like 50 games in the minors. And they're all in the low minors. It is just so, so confident. He, I mean, he, he feels he will take a pitch that is on, it just barely off the plate, won't even blink, and he's right just about every time. It's almost at the point where if he takes a pitch and it's called a strike, my first instinct is to assume that the umpire was wrong, not that Jackson Holiday was wrong. He's not chasing any of these pitchers in young A, uh, in, le- in low A. I mean, they're not really getting, he's not challenged at all. And so he was talking about his goal by the end of the year was to be in double A buoy. And I think it'll be sooner than the end of the year simply because the development that you're looking for, I mean, he's very good at picking up breaking stuff out of the hand. He's very good. If you make a mistake on a pitch, you leave it out over the plate. He's very good at destroying that. 
If you fool him one time on something, let's say you execute a great slider, you just, you dot the outside corner. The next one you throw has to be better than the one you just threw. Because if it's not, he will destroy it. Like it's, he is very, very good. Obviously, he's going to handle shortstop just fine. Again, he played a game at second. That was just for lineup versatility and giving other guys a chance to play short. I do think he needs to be in double A buoy sooner rather than later. That is a very aggressive jump. We have seen 19-year-olds make that jump before, and I think his talent is at the point where it makes sense. Uh, right now, Jackson Holiday's WRC Plus is 222. Remember, that's indexed to 100. It's at 222. He leads the entire minors in offensive production. So get him to a level where he'll actually be challenged. Runner up there. We always have Cincinnati infielders every week. Noel V. Marte was the runner up in double A. Six games. He went 10 to 25, three home runs, three doubles, uh, scored eight runs with five RBIs, three walks to four strikeouts, and two of two on stolen bases. That's a pretty good week, but Jackson Holiday just dominated. It's kind of hard to beat to beat out Jackson Holiday on this list. Maybe the same way next week, too. Uh, at catcher, Jefferson Cuero of the Milwaukee Brewers. Five games in double A. 7-22, five home runs, five runs scored, 10 RBIs, one walk to four strikeouts. He caught four of those five games, the fifth one he was the DH. And on the season, 286, 324, 561 in double A, eight home runs, 11 extra base hits. I uh, still would love the walks to be a little bit higher. He's walked six times in 26 games compared to 23 strikeouts. But Jefferson Cuero looks very, very good behind the plate. More of that Brewers devil magic that we keep talking about with their catchers. Uh, looks very good behind the plate. Offensively, looks like he can make an impact. You have to be happy there. At first base, Robbie Tenerowitz of the Seattle Mariners. Interesting situation here. 2016, 27th rounder out of Cal by Tampa. So I believe if my math is right, he is, I mean, he is somewhere like 28 or so. Uh, he went from Tampa. He was released at the end of the 2021 season. He signed with the Reds, spent a good part of the year in AA, got a bump up to AAA Louisville later. They released him at the end of the year, and he's now in AA Arkansas with Seattle. And uh, drafted as a second baseman, he's played everywhere. He's played outfield. He's played third. He's kind of now decided at first. But uh, on the season, having a renaissance, best stats of his career, 302, 426, 527 in double A Arkansas. Eight home runs, 18 extra base hits, 19 walks to 31 strikeouts, and one for two on stolen bases. The reason he made the team is last week in his six games, all at first base, 12 of 26, two home runs, three doubles, Five runs to four RBIs, one walk to six strikeouts. Obviously, 28-year-old in double-A, there's, you know, the older player, not necessarily a standard uh, minor leaguer, standard prospect. He's not on prospect lists and things like that, but very happy to see that he's doing well, and hopefully he gets a chance to make it to triple-A, and from there try to get a shot at the big leagues. I want that to happen for him. Honorable mention there, Nico Cavadas of the, of the uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, in double-A, six games, five of those at first for him. He DH'd one time. 6-19, four home runs and a double, five runs to 10 RBIs, four walks to 10 strikeouts. Second baseman, this one was a little bit tough. I actually put out a poll in the Locked on, Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. So if you want to check that out, go and link is in the episode description. But 
We gave it to Zach Gelliff of the Oakland A's. In AAA with the, with the Las Vegas Aviators, uh, six games, he went 8-20 with two home runs. No other extra base hits other than that. Seven runs, three RBIs, seven walks to five strikeouts, and one for two on stolen bases. Played every game at second base. And from a fantasy perspective, doesn't necessarily feel like he's going to be that impactful going forward uh, because he's when he gets called up finally, he'll be on a team that's not very good, so it hurts the counting stats. and. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of power himself. A lot of what he's doing, I mean, he has he hit two home runs, but a lot of what he's doing is spraying balls in the gaps and things like that. Uh, it's an it, average hit tool. It's a good approach to the plate. He's got some chase in there. The power is above average, but the swing is really geared towards line drives. So not going to be super fantasy relevant for you in Zach Gallif, but had a good week last week. Wanted to kind of recognize what he had done. He's a candidate to get called up Later in the year, play some second base for Oakland. We'll see what happens there. The other option was Robert Moore of the Milwaukee Brewers in high A at age 21. Six games, 9 to 26, two home runs and four doubles. Four runs to eight RBIs, one walk to five strikeouts, and 0 for 1 on stolen bases. Last guy here and a repeat guy on this team, Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers came in as our third baseman. He was a fifth rounder out of uh, high school in 2020. And his stats on the week, in double A, six games, uh, five of them at third, and he DH'd one time. 13 to 25, four home runs, two doubles, and a triple, nine runs to 10 RBIs, four walks to five strikeouts. Uh, I do think his power needs to be upgraded from 50 to 55. Uh, it's just something where we've seen him now, the power has flashed. It's 36 game sample. He's got nine home runs and 20 extra base hits with a 577 slugging in double A. Really does feel like. Yeah, no, this is just, he just has more power than we expect. So probably upgrade to a 55. But his whole thing is he has to get healthy and he has to, uh, or stay healthy, I'm sorry. And then he needs to get better against spin. Uh, if he can do that, he's got the plus arm to stick at third base. You could see him uh, maybe end of the year, but probably next year competing for a job at the big league level. The honorable mention here, the runner up, another Reds infielder, Christian Encarnacion Strand, uh, in six games in AAA Louisville. With the bats, 10 of 23, one home run, five doubles, four runs to six RBIs, one walk to seven strikeouts. Played third three times, played first for a game, and DH twice. In just a minute, we're going to get to the outfield. Kansas City had multiple guys make the team this week. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends with Rocket Money. They always get you with that try it free for 30 days things. The goal is you're going to forget about it. Over 80% of people have done that have signed up for a subscription that they forgot about, you're wasting your money and you don't even realize it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for ones that you don't use. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions. The actual amount's $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending, you need Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app. It finds and cancels your unwanted subscription, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions. Manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB to use the Rocket Money app. Again, rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Okay, looking at the outfielders on this team, again, multiple Kansas City Royals outfielders. The first one 2022 first rounder, first time he's made the team because the first time he's had a good week this year, 
But Gavin Cross, uh, first round pick last year, 37 games in high A this year. And like I said, it's been a little bit of a struggle. 212, 299, 452 is the slash line for Gavin Cross in high A. Seven home runs, 20 extra base hits uh, in 37 games. So you like that. There's the power. There's the, the higher slugging. Uh, 16 walks to 55 strikeouts in 37 games. There's the struggles. Uh, nine and nine on stolen bases. Yes, strikeouts are a concern, but he has he's good with pitch recognition for the most part. It's literal swing and miss here. Uh, the, the power is kind of gap-to-gap power. He can spray line drives or he can pull home runs. And I think some of the issues he has with the strikeouts come back to he's selling out for home runs at the wrong time or on the wrong pitches. So a little bit of work there. I think that could improve. And he had a good week in those six games that he played, all in center field, where he sh- he'll be above average in center field, uh, probably plus in a corner. I think he'll end up in a corner, but one of those guys that can kick over and cover center for you if you need him to. In those six games, 9-24, five home runs. So five of the nine hits are home runs. Uh, four doubles. Every single hit Gavin Cross had last week was an extra base hit. So again, five home runs, four doubles to go 9-24. to Scored eight runs, had 11 RBIs, six walks to 10 strikeouts, and went two for two on stolen bases. So, very good power performance, obviously, and the first time this year that Gavin Cross has really had a week where he kind of put it all together. Uh, Obviously, you have the whole distinction of he is a little bit uh, old for the level because he was a draftee out of college, but again, something where uh, he had struggled, he had like a 30% strikeout rate uh, up through last week. So happy to see that he's done that. Hopefully now he can continue uh, uh, to to cut down the strikeouts, cut up the power production, and get bumped to uh, to the next level pretty soon. The second guy on this list, Mike Antico of the St. Louis Cardinals. We talked about him a few times. The St. Louis preview we did earlier in the season, the crossover we did with JD of Locked On Cardinals when they were panicking about what to do to improve this team. Mike Antico came up there too. Eighth rounder in 2021 out of St. John's. 38 games in double A. 266, 354, 96. Six home runs, 17 extra base hits, 17 walks to 51 strikeouts, and 10 for 13 on stolen bases. Couple things jump out 51 strikeouts in 38 games, so striking out more than once a game. Uh, 17 extra base hits is just under that one every other game that we're looking for to kind of give you a heads up. And then the, 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 the slugging being under 500. The thing with Mike Antico is uh, really good speed, fan, like 60 grade speed, really good defense, arms kind of iffy. He's going to be, he's probably going to be like a fourth outfielder who can come in in defensive situations. He can cover a lot of ground, but he's not going to get the outfit assist for you. But the power's below average. The contact's not, the contact tool is probably, the hit tool is probably below average as well. He's really playing that speed, batting average on balls and play thing. He's got a good eye. So minus what he's done right now in double A, for the most part, he's been good about walking. And then obviously he's a stolen base threat, things like that. But a lot of what his offense is right now is he doesn't expand the zone a lot. His goal is to make contact, put it into play, and use my speed to take advantage of it. Now, he tries to hit home runs, and so he's just kind of popping the ball up a lot, 
And so that's an issue. And when he fully embraces the approach of, I'm not going to have a power swing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to hit it straight as a line drive. I think he'll have more success in double A. This week, six games, 10 to 25, one home run, two doubles and a triple, eight runs, six RBIs, five walks to six strikeouts, six to eight on stolen bases. Did a really good job of just putting the ball in play, taking the extra bases they give you. And if you have an opportunity to maybe stretch it into a triple because you hit the ball in the corner, go for it. But not trying to elevate the ball and launch it, just trying to line drive swing, get it past the infield and run for days. A uh, couple of the, just real quick before we get to the third guy, a couple of the, uh, the, the honorable mentions here, Jordan Beck of the Colorado Rockies in high A, six games, 10 to 22, three home runs, three doubles, 11 runs, six RBIs, seven walks to seven strikeouts, and 0 for 1 on stolen bases. Played center field four times, played uh, each corner once. So played left once and played right once. Estevan Florial, technically not a prospect, but the performance was really interesting, so I wanted to give him an honorable mention here. Five games in AAA with Scranton Wilkes Bar, 9 to 21, five home runs, nine total runs, seven RBIs. Six walks to four strikeouts, one for three on stolen bases. Anytime you hit five home runs in five games, you deserve an honorable mention in the prospect team of the week show. That's just that's that's that should be a rule. Not a prospect. A guy that is a prospect, but like barely, I think he's maybe two at bats away from graduating from prospect eligibility, is Drew Waters of the Kansas City Royals. 2017 second rounder out of high school by Atlanta. He was traded for uh, him and a couple other players for a competitive balance pick. Uh, so that went back to Atlanta, and he and a couple other guys went to Kansas City in the deal. He uh, was rehabbing, had the bleak injury in spring training, so was rehabbing, but has 11 games right now in AAA, 273, 333, 591. Two home runs and eight extra base hits. 13 strikeouts, some of the story there behind Drew Waters, but two for two on stolen bases. And what he did over the week was he went 11 of 26, Two home runs, three doubles, two triples. So, I mean, you know, seven of his eight extra base hits were right there in that those six games. Eight runs, six RBIs, four walks to eight strikeouts, and two for two on stolen bases. Played center field all six days. Actually came a single short of the cycle uh, on one of those days and is playing right now as I record this, has finished this game four for five with two doubles. So I'm pretty sure... In the next couple days, he's probably going to get activated and he's going to be up and playing center field in Kansas City because they've gotten terrible performance from their center fielders. One, one more honorable mention. Uh, he's been on this team before. Yankeel Fernandez of the Colorado Rockies. Six games, went 12-28 with three home runs, three doubles, and a triple. So seven of his 12 hits for extra bases. Uh, scored six runs, had 12 RBIs. No walks to four strikeouts. Played right field five times, DH'd once. Like we talked about, last, I think, last week when he was on the team, he's going to be one of those power-hitting corner outfield types. So really excited there. In just a minute, we've got the pitchers, and both of them are guys that have never been on this team before, but one or two of the honorable mentions are guys you've definitely heard of. But first, today's episode has been possible by our friends at Bird Dogs. If, you've, if you're an everyday or you listen to this show, you know I work from home. I prioritize comfort. I technically don't have to wear pants because you can only see from my chest up. But I do wear pants and shorts and they're Bird Dogs because these things are fantastic. Like they're, they're so fantastic. They're so comfortable that you have the option to get a liner built in. 
So if you're the kind of person like sometimes I am, I'm here, I'm working, I'm podcasting, I go walk the dog, it's hot outside, I'm going to a baseball game later, I can wear one pair of shorts, I can do everything, everywhere I'm going to go, it all works out with one pair, okay? Honestly, sometimes, like, the, the way that they, they're stretchy fabric, uh, and, and how comfy they are, how flattering they are, I kind of sometimes wish there were less bird dogs. Like, I got the regular length, and I probably should have gotten the short length, because my legs look good in them, my butt looks good in them, I feel really good in them. It's that Deion Sanders thing. You look, uh, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. That's what Bird Dogs does for you. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. When you enter promo code LockedOnMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Again, birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB, promo code LockedOnMLB. Okay, prospect team of the week. We're down to the pitchers, and neither of these guys are guys that we have ever talked about before. So the, the lefty on this team, we always do the lefty first, uh, Julio Robert of the Houston Astros, 2017 IFA out of Cuba. I guarantee you I just butchered that name, but seven games in AA this year, four of those are starts, two and three, 402 ERA and 31 in the third innings, 26 strikeouts, so 7.5 per nine to nine walks, 2.6 per nine, and a home run. And yes, every single thing I just said screams organizational guy. But listen to what he did the other day. His start, six and a third innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. You don't strike out 10 guys in an outing without having some talent, especially with the tools that he's working with. Fastball sits in the low 90s. Changeup is kind of average. He struggles to command it uh, as much as he needs to. Has a curveball with some good vertical break to it. And so it's really, he's really a fastball curveball guy because he can't reliably throw the changeup for a strike. It's a very vertical thing. He's not working both sides of the plate. He's either getting the fastball up and then dropping the curveball below the bat. Like that's the game. An occasional changeup, again, change of pace. If he feels like you're sitting on one or the other, he can throw this changeup in the middle velocity band on you. And it has some runs. Let's go to a different direction, but it's a fastball curveball thing. And he had it on. And he's just fooling dudes. After, you know, just fooling, fooling, fooling. One hit, no walks in six and a third. So one base runner gets his team the victory. Uh, the right-hand pitcher on this team Another guy we've never discussed on this show before, Connor McCullough of the Chicago White Sox. 2022 undrafted free agent out of Kansas State. I think he got like 50 grand or something to sign as a senior sign. Uh, six games in A ball, three and two with a 167 ERA in 32 and a third innings pitched, 39 strikeouts, so 10.9 per nine, to six walks, 1.7 per nine, and one home run allowed. One of the big things here for Connor McCullough is, as you can tell, he's got good control. He's walking, you know, 1.7 guys uh, per nine innings. And when you, it, it, it's funny because when you go back to Kansas State, his, his control wasn't this good in college. He walked three guys, in 20, right, three guys per nine in 2020 for what he did get to play. He got like 20-something innings. Uh, three and a half guys 
in 21 and 3.7 guys per nine in 22. Now his strikeouts were around eight strikeouts per nine in both of those last two seasons, but it's just something where he didn't flash uh, control this good and strikeout stuff this good really in college. His time at the Cape was okay, but he goes out seven innings in low A, no hits, no runs, a walk, eight strikeouts. So a seven inning, no hitter, the first no hitter in team history for the Kannapolis Cannonballers. First no hitter in team history. I should have worn the hat. They sent me a hat. Kannapolis, my apologies. You guys sent me that. I, I love it. I wish I had it on right now. Again, sorry about that. Very excited though for Connor McCullough. Something where you're an undrafted free agent in a non-COVID year. There was 20 rounds and he's able to go out there. Again, six starts, 32 innings, 167 ERA. Yes, he's 23 in A-ball. He should be doing well. But that's very, very good. Uh, That is something where I expect him to go to high A sooner rather than later. Again, find the true talent level. Let's see what we can do here. But very excited to see that. And again, congratulations on the first no-hitter in team history. That is fantastic. A couple other honorable mentions in this group. Uh, Frank Mazzucato, Kansas City Royals. Talked about him on this show before. He had uh, a 2021 first-rounder, obviously well-regarded prospect, seven games in A-ball on the season, one and two with a 204 ERA in 35 and a third innings, 55 strikeouts, 14 per nine to 21 walks, 5.3 per nine, two home runs allowed. What he did last week, and I actually think MLB Pipeline may have made him their pitcher of the week in this, but six innings pitched, one hit, no runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. Very good outing there in low A, uh, something where you'd expect him Probably to be leaving Columbia soon, going to uh, going to high A if he can work out the control. 15% walk rate, and a lot of it is it's the finish, right? It's not the pitches themselves. He's got a fastball. The velocity is not great. It's just like 92, but it has a ridiculous amount of spin and induced vertical break, like 20-something inches of induced vertical break where it's just staying up in the zone when it should have fallen. Curveball plus curveball. Two-plane break down and away. And then uh, uh, above average changeup, 11 inches of drop on it, really good arm speed, blends really well. But as he's following through and he's finishing, he's got, like, it's not consistent as far as where he lands, what his leg does, and how his body rotates through. And so it messes his control up. Needs to be promoted to get in front of better pitchers, or better hitters, but needs to work that out before he does. Honorable mention here, Jack Kochanowitz. Probably got, probably got that wrong too. For the Los Angeles Angels in double A with our friends, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Throws a complete game. Nine innings, four hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. Was sitting 98-99 on the fastball, mixed in a really good slider. The reason he's an honorable mention is he pitched nine complete innings on 88 pitches. That is efficient. Part of it is he walked, he struck out five in nine innings, so he's getting fly balls and ground balls. That helps you keep the pitch count down. But you will absolutely take an 88-pitch complete game seven days of the week and Sunday after church. Fantastic rest of the week coming up. Reminder, mailbag is on Monday. If you have questions for the show, 
I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.